Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network. I am Jim Smallman. I have a slight cold. I'm talking in my dad voice because my son's asleep. Um, but um, welcome the week before the Royal Rumble, my favourite WWE pay-per-view, um, to a little bit of a Royal Rumble preview, Jim Makes Some List episode. <clears throat> Anyone who's familiar with Tuesday Night Jaw will know I've done these previously for SummerSlam and for Survivor Series. And I'm going to do one today for Royal Rumble, but um, with... The, the slight change. You'll see what I mean in a sec. Before we get to me talking about the Royal Rumble, um, a few little things. My website, jimsmallman.com. My Twitter is at jimsmallman. Uh, if you want to point people in the direction of this website, jimsmallman.com slash tnj. If you would like to tweet me, then tweet at jimsmallman. Use the hashtag TuesdayNightJaw so I know you're talking to me about wrestling and not slagging off my choice of football team uh, or the fact um, that I uh, don't like the song Torn by Natalie Imbruglia, which has been most of my day today. Um, uh, and I found out, and I don't know if the, I need to talk to him about this, I don't know if this is legit, that, that Pip apparently played the solo on that. So, Mr. Scroobius Pip, if, if that is true, I, I apologise. Um, I bear you no ill will, clearly, as the leader of the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, but a few people are telling me I'm going to be fired. So this could well be the final ever uh, Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network as Scroobius Pip hunts me down and kills me um, for not appreciating his solo work. That's not why I don't like the song. Um, it's just play to death. Um, sorry, Pip. There's nothing I'm going to do to talk my way out of this situation now, is there? Not a thing. Um, uh, also, as well, please support the other podcasts on the Distraction Pieces Network. Obviously, Distraction Pieces itself, hosted by uh, Star of Taboo, Mr. Scroobius Pip, who's on Soccer AM in a beautiful... Uh, old school Millwall shirt this past weekend um, uh, also Say Why to Drugs and the Stop and Search podcast as well you know, check them out, support them they're, they're cool podcasts that uh, deserve your support for they are ace and done by ace people um, also my wrestling promotion you should probably not forget that uh, Progress Wrestling, uh, our website progresswrestling.com uh, this is underscore progress on Twitter I don't look after the Twitter account don't presume the person tweeting you is me it's not uh, it's it's John Briley, my business partner, normally. Um, and demand-progress.com, should you want to watch all of our shows, including our most recent trip to Birmingham, which may or may not have featured uh, Finn Balor and Tommy End just making a wee appearance. Uh, and we've got a show coming up this weekend as well in Camden, um, same day as Royal Rumble, uh, <laughs> Tropic Thunder Bastard, because it features our signature Thunder Bastard match. And it's uh, sold out, so you can't buy a ticket. So, sauce, apologies, can't do anything about that. Right. Anyway, let's get to this. So, Royal Rumble. I, I've always loved the Royal Rumble. I, so, I hate battle royals. Is the thing. I hate a regular battle royal. There's never been a battle royal on a main progress show for the reason that they just I don't see the point of them. Um, but the Royal Rumble is a battle royal, but has something special about uh, behind it. So, we're going to make two lists today. I did these earlier on while I was sat in a coffee shop waiting for my car to be serviced. So I've, I've had a productive day. Um, first of all, we're going to come up with our own Royal Rumble event. 
And how we're going to do this, and these are the rules, because you know I like rules when we're making a list. Here's the rules. You have to pick 30 names for the Royal Rumble. Easy. There's the rules. Uh, we're not going to decide uh, in terms of the, the entrance order or anything like that. That's far too complicated. What you do need to choose, because there's a brand split, is I'm going to tell you to choose 10 SmackDown contracted wrestlers, 10 Raw contracted wrestlers. Um, there'll probably be more than that in the Royal Rumble. It probably won't be um, 10 of each and then the extras that I'm going to add in. But that's what we're going to say for now. 10 SmackDown, 10 Raw, then 6 wrestlers from either NXT or uh, 205 Live or, if you like, the WWE UK Championship. So um, so alternate programming from WWE. Um, choose, feel free to choose someone from there. And then, because it's the Royal Rumble and part of the joy of the Royal Rumble, I remember watching it um, with a load of Progress fans a couple of years ago uh, when... Bubba Ray Dudley came out and it was just the coolest. So we're going to choose four wild cards slash legends that we think may or may not rock up and be in the Royal Rumble. Okay, don't forget this isn't this isn't based in reality. This is fantasy booking. Um, and then we'll get down to our final four and who wins it in a second. Okay, so I'm going to run you through mine. And if you want to play doing this. Again, you can tweet me yours, at Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Probably easiest to write it in notes on your phone and screenshot it and send me the picture rather than trying to get it all in 140 characters. You will struggle with that. There's 30 names. So, here are my SmackDown selections. As a rule, I think I've nearly always picked people who aren't injured or anything like that. Also, there's there's kind of got to be balance in there. You can't just have 30 massive names. Some people do need to be eliminated fairly quickly. Some people do need to be fodder for the bigger stars. That's just how wrestling works. Not everyone can win all the time, otherwise it's a really weird situation you'll find yourself in as a promoter. So, apologies for my sniffling, by the way. I have an awful cold, so I apologise. Okay, SmackDown. My 10 picks from the SmackDown roster are as follows. Bray Wyatt, because I love him. Um, I, I love him so much. I think he's absolutely wonderful. And there's a new dimension to him at the minute, which is really interesting and really smart. Um, going with Bray Wyatt. Uh, also, both of his Wyatt family cohorts. So, Randy Orton and Luke Harper. All in it together. Okay, I'm, I'm aware there's probably going to be some shenanigans with the Wyatt family on SmackDown tonight. Uh, but as I recall, this is late on a Tuesday night. I've not seen SmackDown yet. So, you know, you can probably pull me up on that. Even if there is some shenanigans, there's a storyline there. Plus, I, I really like Luke Harper. Um, I think he's fantastic, absolutely fantastic as a performer. Loved him when he used to be Brody Lee on the indies. Um, and always pleased to see him on shows. I think he's great. Um, and Randy Orton, there's just something that uh, this whole storyline has brought out something different in Randy Orton. And it's it's made me go from someone who, who respects his work, but doesn't he's not necessarily the first person I look forward to seeing to now actually going you know what I really like Randy Orton again this is great um my next name name number four from Smackdown uh is uh perennial Tuesday night jaw favorite and a trigger lookalike Barry Corbin um I know he's really called Baron it's a running joke go back and listen to the old episodes to find out why we're doing that but I think Baron Corbin there's a huge upside to him and it's a shame we're not in the age of of old school gimmicks like uh, like The Undertaker and Kane and people like that in the past because Baron Corbin being a big dude could well have had one of those gimmicks um, as it stands just being a dude who likes metal who's bigger than everybody else and mean yeah, it works for me uh, then I feel you've got to have uh, Dean Ambrose in there you'll note when I'm doing these lists I do not have the current world champion uh, AJ Styles on my Smackdown list because he doesn't need to be in the Royal Rumble because in theory he is the current world champion and I do not have his challenger uh, John Cena on the list and it's the same for the Raw listing as well um, there is no Roman Reigns on the list and there is no Kevin Owens because they're in major title matches therefore they do not need to be in the Royal Rumble um, that's normally how the Royal Rumble is presented so they're not I'm not choosing those guys little caveat I should have given you before um, I'd like you to stick to that as well if you could um, 
So yes, um, next up, Intercontinental Champion Dean Ambrose, hugely popular. Um, just the pop he gets for his music is fantastic. Um, my wife thinks he's too greasy. Um, I like the general sort of sleaziness of him as a human being. And let's not forget, fantastic wrestler. Um, could be someone who could go a long way in the Royal Rumble and is utterly believable. Um, you'd argue doesn't need to win it, has the Intercontinental title, but we'll see. Um, do, 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 do. And again, we're working here on the proviso that anyone who's in any other matches uh, may well be in the Rumble. So again, fantasy booking, the only people I've excluded are the people in the major title matches because, you know, at least one of them will be holding the title going into WrestleMania, so it's pointless. Um, other people in other matches, I'm still letting them be in this. Uh, next up, because you've got to have someone who can pinball around for everybody, Callisto. Uh, I think Callisto is fantastic. I think I've said this on Tuesday Night Joe before. I watched him at Dragon Gate in 2012 in Miami, a week after Progress's first show uh, under his former identity, and was desperate to have him work for Progress. Got signed not too long after that, uh, after a tryout, I believe. And do you know what? I, I find he, he's great to watch. Absolutely great to watch. Um, Often, and we found this with the original Sin Cara, if you go back and watch Mystico, the original Sin Cara, when he was in Mexico, he was wonderful. One of the best wrestlers on the planet. Something didn't click when he became Sin Cara and went to, went to the USA. And often luchadors can struggle to, to really win over an American crowd. I think what's interesting with wrestlers like uh, Callisto and like Rey Mysterio Jr. and like uh, Pentagon Dark and, and people like that is they've just got they've got an American sensibility to them. So they've got Lucha Libre is if you're not in tune with it, Lucha Libre can be can feel quite choreographed and can feel like there's a lot of rolls and cartwheels and stuff and a lot of uh, arm drags and not necessarily a lot of the high impact stuff that you're used to seeing. I think Callisto does that stuff great because he had a brilliant grounding on the US Indies before he went into WWE. Uh, next up, because he's been doing... Um, my wife noticed this. We watched last week's Smackdown the other day. And Dolph Ziggler uh, had an interview segment with uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Incidentally, uh, check out Eros Comedy on Twitter. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler is doing a spoken word tour uh, of the UK promoted by Eros Comedy. I will be uh, Mr. Lawler's support act at the show in London. Don't have the dates right in front of me at the moment, but Eros Comedy on Twitter. Go and check them out. and Go and see Jerry Lawler. This is a man who's got decades of stories to tell um i'm super excited about doing uh doing the support stim uh, his show at the leicester square theater in london so come along and see me go along and see the other shows as well i believe uh i want to say manchester glasgow belfast i think are the other ones but eros comedy go and check that out and um uh, i'm probably going to bang on about it a, a bit in the next few weeks because i'm excited about doing it and i'd like to see a lot of you guys there just give me a high five you know the, the traditional Tuesday night jaw greeting but yes Dolph Ziggler did an interview segment with Jerry Lawler and there Dolph Ziggler as a babyface never did much for me Dolph Ziggler as a heel does loads more for me because as a babyface he didn't it didn't really make sense why he was a babyface it was a show off and a bit arrogant and a bit vain well they're heel characteristics so I think now his sort of reinvention of himself gives him a new dynamic makes him interesting again so you know um, sometimes you can turn people too much. I think they've held off long enough, and turning Dolph makes perfect sense. Uh, speaking of heels, uh, you will be familiar if you're a regular Tuesday Night Jaw listener with knowing that myself, Scroobius Pip, uh, pretty much every guest we've ever had on here, um, believes The Miz is the greatest heel in wrestling. I, I do enjoy The Miz trying to make his wife corpse, and it feels that he does that in most most shows now. But The Miz is wonderful and has had a, a great year of being really good at being a dick. Um, so <clears throat> you got to have The Miz in there, I think. He's a huge star, uh, a huge upside from the SmackDown point of view. Uh, then, I mentioned it before, you need someone to come in and be a valiant loser. And I'm sorry, Mr. Wrestling Memes, um, but the person I choose for that is Heath Slater. Um Comes out, gets a big pop for his music. Comes out, everyone's like, yeah, he's it. And he can be eliminated pretty much as soon as he gets in the ring and doesn't lose anything because that's part of his charm. Or you could actually give him a bit of a run in there and see where that takes him. You can do either way with Heath Slater. And I, I like Heath a lot. I think he's got a good look to him. Um, he's clearly a very talented wrestler and he's 
he's not scared of being told to do something and, and running with it. And that's it's a very valiant thing to do. Look, as a wrestling promoter, what you really want is people to turn around to you and say, uh, I am willing to work hard for you and for you to go, thanks. And for people to say, I will do, you know, if you need me to get beat, I'll do that. If you need me to win, I'll do that. If you need me to be opening the show, middle of the card, I'm not bothered. As long as I'm working uh, and I can, you know, I'll do my best and try and impress you. That's all you want. The great thing about being a promoter through progress is everyone who works for us is like that. You know, not everyone can be your champion or your Atlas champion or your tag team champions. So you you need a whole roster of guys who are willing to make everyone else look good and work together. And I think Heath Slater embodies that in WWE. He's just, you know, he struggled with his gimmick for a bit and he's stuck at it and done as he's told. And now he's had a bit of a resurgence and good for him. And my final pick from SmackDown, and I'm not entirely sure if he is on the SmackDown roster or not, um, is The Undertaker. Um, the reason I say this is I'm fairly sure he was drafted to SmackDown, but he has appeared on Raw. Um, so I'm picking The Undertaker because you need The Undertaker in the Royal Rumble, um, if only for setting up whoever he's going to face at WrestleMania. Um, I don't know who that will be at the minute. Um, it, and, and I'll, I think we're, we're definitely looking at, at Brock versus Goldberg and more on that in a second. Um, and, but I don't know. I genuinely don't know who The Undertaker will be facing at this point. But I think you know you could potentially have him face Bray Wyatt or someone like that and, and make it really cool and really interesting. So um, we'll see. I know they've done Undertaker Wyatt before and it wasn't necessarily um, amazing box office, but it was still solid. So we'll see. On to the Raw roster. So again, 10 names from the Raw roster. Again, Kevin Owens not included. Roman Reigns is number one contender not included because one of those guys will be champion coming out of the show, so therefore there's no point putting them in the Raw Rumble. So I choose Big Cass because I think, I genuinely think Big Cass will be in the Raw Rumble this year, and I also think Big Cass will get the uh, Kane slash Roman Reigns push um, where he pretty much gets to uh, gets to eliminate a ton of people and look like a monster because that's kind of what he does isn't it so I, I genuinely think that will happen I think that'll be um, that'll be something that, that I think WWE will do it would make sense to do it because Cass can talk looks good uh, is really tall and is great so you know, I <laughs> I'd be excited to see that. I think he's he, he's a fantastic wrestler. Um, so yes, so I would uh, I would include Big Cass. I would also include Enzo, partly because Enzo it, it's believable if Enzo gets eliminated quickly. Um, but I just I like Enzo. I think Enzo is really good. So that's who I'd like to see. Um, I've then included two men who we know will be in it. In uh, in Goldberg and Lesnar, um, I'd have them in it anyway. Even if we didn't think they were going to be included in it, and whatever, I'd have them in it. Um, I love Brock Lesnar. I think watching Brock Lesnar is one of my pleasures in wrestling, and I've been surprised with how good Goldberg's been. Although, um, you know, making himself bleed <laughs> during his promo this week was a bit odd, um, but no, I think you've got to have them both in there and there's got to be a point where, I mean, if I was putting it together, there'd be a point where maybe Brock would come out. So let's say we're at number 20. Brock comes out, clears out everybody, just kills everybody in the space of two minutes and then stood in the ring alone, looking pleased with himself, right as the two-minute buzzer hits, Goldberg's music, boom, and then you can go into it from there. Um, <clears throat> whether If that's how they do it, we'll see. Uh, another monster needs to go in there from Raw. Um, someone I've been really impressed with, and that's Braun Strowman. I, I think Braun's been really good, and I know that the expectation when you get a big old dude like Braun, who's uh, you know a strong man and not hasn't been wrestling that long, the expectation is for people to go, oh, he's just he's one of those guys WWE always like. Yeah, but first of all, um, if you're being an independent wrestling promoter, it, there's something, there's something really, it's really difficult, certainly in Britain, to have guys who are massively different size 
to the guys that we normally use. So if you look at the progress roster, quite a lot of guys on the progress roster are somewhere between five foot eight inches tall and six foot tall. And often somewhere between 170 and 200 pounds. That's most of our roster. It's one of the reasons we have an Atlas title is is to showcase the guys who are a bit bigger because as a rule, if you're a British wrestler, you're probably a cruiserweight. Um, it's why, for example, our show in Birmingham, it's why a tag team like Ringkampf stood out so much is Volta is huge and Axel Dieter Jr. is way bigger than I expected him to be. You know, he's, he's easily 6'3". And it makes them look quite striking. In the case of WWE, you've got a lot of guys who are 6'2", 6'3". You need guys who are genuine monsters. Strowman is a genuine monster. And there's something really intimidating and terrifying about, you know, the kids in the crowd seeing someone like that. And also, if you're even if you're a grown fan, you look at someone like that and think, well, he'd be able to rip my arms off and beat me to death with them. Uh, and Strowman does look that way, but he can back it up. He can wrestle. He's not a, a great Carly of a, and he's not as tall, but he's not he's not someone like great Carly who wasn't that mobile. Um, was certainly intimidating to look at, but wasn't hugely mobile. I think in the case of Strowman, he's been proving himself really, really well. And, uh, you know, I, I'm quite excited to see Strowman, which is is, is not, not a phrase I I would have thought I would have been saying about, about him, but I genuinely have a lot of time for him. Um, up next, uh, Strowman's recent um, adversary and Sami Zayn. Uh, I love Sami. Uh, any excuse to get Sami Zayn in the show? I just think he's... Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> also, think he's someone that you could give. A, you could bring him in, maybe in the first five, and have him last until maybe you know twenty, twenty-ish. So he does. He has a big long run in it and looks impressive, whilst not necessarily threatening to win it. Uh, next up, Seth Rollins, who is, as we all know, just fantastic. Um, my wife has an issue with Seth Rollins, and she doesn't understand why he's called the architect. Uh, and and I've tried to explain to her that it's not; it's really his trade. It's not. We're not back in the old school days of WWE where everyone had a trade. Um, <laughs> but she can't understand why he's called the architect. I'm kind of with her a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't understand why he's the architect either. But fantastic wrestler, that is for damn sure. Um, and. I loved Seth Rollins when he was in Ring of Honor. Um, he's part of my favourite storyline in, in wrestling history, which is the Age of the Fall uh, storyline with Jimmy Jacobs and Necro Butcher. And just if you don't, if you've never seen it, go and you know go back through the Ring of Honor archives and, and check it out because it is a phenomenal. Um, but yeah, Seth Rollins, I think is is wonderful, and I'd, I'd love to see him in it. Um, now, I know I said we won't have anyone who's involved in the title match, um, but I meant the two competitors, the uh, the champion Kevin Owens and his challenger Roman Reigns. Um, I, I am going to include the man who's going to be suspended in a shark cage above the ring in Chris Jericho, because Jericho's had a resurgence this year. He's managed to get over little things like saying the word it um, <laughs> and having a list. And I, I think it's a no-brainer to have him in the Royal Rumble. He's, he's someone who's got legitimacy to being a champion and if you think about it if Kevin Owens retains and Chris Jericho gets to the last four or five there's a genuine buzz in the air of they're going to make they're, they're going to make the best friends fight each other um, so you know um, I, I don't think that's where they'll go with it but it, it, you know you've got to you've got to try and give fans enough possibilities when Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble which is not as much of a failure as 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 a lot of people would like to make out. The, my one criticism of that match was once you were down to the last few, there was no way Roman Reigns wasn't winning. It was, he was winning. So, you you know, there's just little things like that you've got to be aware of. Um, you need to, going into the last few, you need to give people reason to suspect that anyone could win it. Um, controversially, I'm not, I'm not going to put Rusev in. Um, <clears throat> mainly because I've got limitations of 10 people I want to put in. I think Rusev's great, but the two people I want to put in next, you'll see why. Um, one is, one's Kofi Kingston, because 
Kofi doesn't need to be in there for too long. Gets all three members of the New Day to come out. Um, and, let's be honest, Kofi will have spent the last year dreaming up a way to somehow get thrown out of the ring but land on his feet and do something crazy. And I want to see that. That's the kind of stuff I like seeing. So Kofi Kingston's got to be in. And my final selection from the Raw roster, and I am fairly certain he won't be in it, is uh, a man I played musical chairs with. No, it's not Tom, who won the musical chairs at Progress in Birmingham. Uh, it's Finn Balor. Now, I'm I'm pretty certain that Mr. Balor is not fit enough to be in it, but I can dream, can't I? Um, I think... Um, just the reaction his music would get and him coming out would be amazing. If he came out early enough, he wouldn't need to win it. Um, if he came out late enough, him being in the last four would be... Oh, it'd be exciting, wouldn't it? So, you know. Fingers crossed, but let's see. Then we get to my picks from uh, NXT and 205 Live. I haven't chosen anyone from the WWE uh, United Kingdom Championship um, purely because I, I like everybody who's in it. And I would feel, as a UK wrestling promoter, I'd feel I'd feel daft choosing choosing one or two people from it um, because I respect uh, and I love everyone who's in it. So I've not chosen anyone from that. Um, and there's nothing to suggest they anyone from WWE UK Championship Tournament will be in the Royal Rumble anyway. It will be quite a step from that program to be on the Royal Rumble. Um, but I have chosen. Uh, Four gentlemen from NXT and two from 205 Live. I'll do the 205 Live ones first. Um, first of all, Rich Swan, because Rich Swan is the Cruiserweight Champion. Therefore, I think she'll be in the Royal Rumble. Um, I think you can have him come in and be eliminated by Neville, who I haven't put in the Royal Rumble, the main reason being so he's got something else to complain about because Neville's thing at the minute seems to be complaining about missed opportunities and, and things he's not allowed to do. So there you go um, I would also put in because he is as over as it's possible to be uh, Jack Gallagher yes Jack is a friend of the podcast yes Jack is a friend of mine <laughs> um, but like I'm going to be watching I'm going to be watching the Royal Rumble somewhere in London um, after our show and if Jack comes out during the Royal Rumble I will literally lose my mind that's why I want it to happen I will lose my mind um, then we get to my four from NXT. I think a couple of these are obvious choices. I think this should be where, for me, this is where Samoa Joe debuts on the main roster. Um, I, I'd love to see that. I, I, I love Joe. I'm a little bit biased because he's appeared for progress, and I, I, you know, I think I'm, I consider him a friend as much as it's possible to be friends with a man that terrifying. But <clears throat> I would. I'd love to see Joe in this. I'd love to see Joe come out, you know, late on in the in, in the Royal Rumble, eliminate a couple of people who look really strong. I think that'd be great, uh, especially if he eliminates someone quite senior to set up a program with him. Maybe the Undertaker. Oh, that'd be sweet. Um, I'd also like to see Nakamura in it, not as a promotion from NXT to the main roster, but I'd just quite like to see Nakamura. I think Nakamura's music hitting would make people lose their minds. Uh, especially with an NXT show uh, in, in San Antonio the day before. Um, I think we're all we're all rooting for number 10 to be Ty Dillinger, right? I mean if, if Ty Dillinger doesn't come out at number 10, we're all gonna we're all gonna sulk for a long period of time. So fingers crossed. Uh, Ty Dillinger comes out at number 10, that'll be sweet. And my final pick, um uh, and again, it's because I'd like to see him. It's my rumble. Um, is the artist formerly known as Chris Hero, Cassius Ono. Um, I know he, because of our TV tapings work, I don't think he's officially debuted yet. I don't, I think it's probably this week. Um, but I would love to see him there. Especially knowing that I think he appears for Evolve on either the Friday or the Saturday in, in Texas. I would absolutely love uh, if if Mr. Ono turned up and uh, and appeared during the Royal Rumble and just, just you know, elbowed a few people in the face. I'd be a big fan of that. Uh, you probably hear my son crying in the background now, which means he's awake. My wife is tending to him. Um, if he cries for a bit, don't panic. We're not neglecting him. Um, 
to let you into a little small man family secret. What we're doing with Baby Cloudy at the minute is we're um, taking his dummy off of him when he goes to bed in a bid to make him sleep better. Um, the problem is, is this is a tough training process that we're having to go through, and he is not a fan of it at the moment. Let's put it that way. Um, so he might kick off a bit, but the missus is looking after him. So uh, if you hear him, I apologise. Uh, you probably didn't hear him at all now, and I'm probably sound like I'm talking about a phantom child, but he does exist. Here's my son. It's called Claudio. Okay. So finally, to my four wild cards slash legends that I would put in the Royal Rumble this year. I would put in. Here we go. I think the first one, like for me, this is an obvious choice. Is but they've said he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, so I put Kurt Angle in it. Imagine Kurt Angle's music hitting. Like it's such a it's such a familiar theme, and even if you've not seen him for ten years, his music hitting would make people lose their minds. And we know he can still wrestle; he's still wrestling all over the place. So Kurt Angle coming out would for me, I'd I'd lose it. I'd, I'd probably lose it. Um, I'm super excited that he's going in the Hall of Fame as well because he's he's genuinely one of my favorite favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, I would also because San Antonio is his hometown, put HBK in it. Even if he just comes out, super kicks a couple of people and gets eliminated, that's enough. Again, you know, um, sexy boy being played in his hometown will make the place go nuts. So for me, I'd love to see HBK out there. Um, then two more slightly left field legend slots that I would put in. Um, purely because such a big deal has been made out of his recovery and his... Um, his redemption I'd have Jake the Snake Roberts come out uh, again I think it'd get a huge nostalgia pop he doesn't need to do loads just one short arm clothesline one DDT I'm happy but it, I think that would be a really wonderful thing to see and a super positive story and it's nice to have the positive stories um, with his you know his recovery from, from the various many demons and illnesses and, and ailments that were, were, were bothering him so I think that'd be great and my final one is um and this is purely because I love someone getting up from the announce table and wandering into the Royal Rumble, um, and because uh, he's also a Texan. Um, I'd like JBL to go in it. And again, literally, can go in. I'd like to think he's wearing a suit like Cesaro, rip the suit off, uh, get in the ring, close line from hell somebody, uh, and then that's that. That's all it needs to be. But I think, again, it'd get, it'd get a nice pop. I'd be happy to see that. So, remember, the rules are this. 10 from SmackDown, 10 from Raw. Uh, you're not allowed to choose the two competitors in each title match from SmackDown and Raw. Um, six from NXT slash 205 Live slash WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament. And four wild cards slash legends. I mean, all, all four of my legends. Who would my final four be? My final four would be Seth Rollins, who is my pick to win it. Um, Chris Jericho. Dean Ambrose. And Samoa Joe. That's my last four. And again, I think my pick to win it, Seth Rollins. We'll see how it plays off. I think... There's plenty of options to be able to win it. For me, Rollins seems seems the one that would suit it the most. But you know, if we could have a huge surprise, and it, it sometimes it's nice to be surprised. Sometimes it's nice to have catharsis. Um, I would not be unhappy with Rollins winning it. I would not be unhappy with Goldberg or Lesnar winning it. I would not be unhappy with Ambrose or Wyatt winning it. Um, I certainly won't be unhappy if. Imagine if they let someone like Samoa Joe debut like this and then win the Royal Rumble. Imagine how cool that would be. You know, Finn Balor, if, if Finn Balor makes his comeback, which I really, genuinely, I'm 99% certain he won't. Um, but if he did, that would be a huge story as well, wouldn't it? So there's loads of cool stuff there. Um, and again, let me know your choices. Uh, 10 from SmackDown, 10 from Raw, 6 from NXT, slash 205, slash the UK Championship, uh, four legends um, you don't need to worry about let me know your final four you can if you want uh, at Jim Smallman hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw 
And I've got another list uh, that I want you to think about now. Okay, so this is the other list. You know, I always, people have been saying, tweeting me in the week going, um, are you going to choose your top 10 matches from the Royal Rumble? Uh, yes, I am. The problem is, so you know I have rules when I do this, and the rules are this. You can't... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You can't choose. You can choose ten matches. You can't choose two matches from the same year. Nope. And you can't choose the same wrestler twice. However, there's going to be a proviso on this. I have chosen 10 matches. 10 matches that are not Royal Rumble matches. And my favourite Royal Rumble match. Okay? So that's how we're going to do this. 10 matches uh, where you can't choose the same wrestler twice in any of your matches. You can't choose two matches in the same card. And a Royal Rumble match where I'm completely fine with people appearing in it. If we do that rule of wrestlers can't appear in the Rumble match, it, we won't be able to choose a Rumble match. It would be impossible. So um, so that's how we're doing it, okay? So I'll give you my 10 matches and then I'll tell you my favourite Rumble match. I reckon you can probably guess my favourite Rumble match now. Have you guessed? Okay, hold it in your head um, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Okay, so my top 10 matches. Uh, at number 10, uh, Raw Rumble 2010, uh, and it, it's The Undertaker against Rey Mysterio, World Heavyweight Championship match. Um, it's it's quite a cool match, mainly because Mysterio gets thrown around a load, which is great. And there's, there's, it's really difficult to do a, a big man, little man match when the difference is so vast between a man who's what six foot ten and a lad who's five foot four. Um, but testimony to to both guys involved in it. It wasn't a match going into it that I cared loads about. By the end of it, it was like, oh, this is really good. And you genuinely believed that Rey Mysterio would beat him. Um, but, you know, also any any match where I get to see the last ride, uh, my favourite of all the Undertaker finishes, um, is, you know, is cool with me. So that's my number 10 choice. My number 9 choice comes from the Royal Rumble in 2016. Um, I can't remember if I just said the date, uh, the, the year from my, my number 10 choice. It was 2010, by the way. Um, so Royal Rumble 2016 um, is the Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens Intercontinental title match, uh, which is the last man standing match. Um, it's nuts. It's two guys who are suitably nuts. Two guys that I really, really appreciate. As you know, Kevin Owens, as Bears, is one of my favourite wrestlers in the world. I think he's fantastic. Um, and last man standing matches are hard to do because it requires a lot more patience than a basic pinfall or a submission. Um, you know, there's not the... If someone kicks out at two and a half, there's a genuine ooh in a crowd. When someone gets up for a 10 count at eight, it's kind of like, all right, okay, they're carrying on now. And there's that expectation. You've got to do something absolutely nuts for someone to not be able to meet the 10 counts in this case it was it was Kevin Owens going through a couple of tables but um, which was believable 
but it, it didn't feel like as a match these matches can sometimes overstay their welcome or sometimes work off the um off you know, quite ridiculous bumps um but in this case it didn't overstay as welcome i thought it was fantastic um also a nuts move in this match is kevin owens doing a fisherman buster <laughs> off the top rope um which through a table which is it's not a move you get to say very often it sounds like a move that you can only really do if you're in an e-fed that's what it sounds like to me it's not a move that's done very often so that's number nine number eight on my list uh we're going back to royal rumble 2007 uh tag team match um it's again it was the only match of the night um the hardys matt and jeff uh versus eminem uh, joe mercury and johnny nitro um it's it's just a good bit of tag team wrestling, to be honest. I, I've always appreciated the Hardys. I'm not, I'm not a super, super, super Hardys mark, and I'm not. I'm probably one of very few people in the world who, who who's not a massive fan of the whole broken Hardys delete type situation. It, don't be wrong; it's entertaining. It's just not for me, and it makes me feel like a really old man when I say that. Uh, I've not broken out the. It's not wrestling because I'm not Jim Cornette, but I it's not for me like if people are entertained by it that's cool and you know if you are entertained by it brilliant if you want to tell me why you're entertained by it um while still appreciating that it's wrestling if you're entertained by it from the point of view that it's something different and it's entertaining then that's fine but that doesn't mean it's wrestling so what in a wrestling context entertains you about the hardy stuff at the minute I genuinely want to know because for me it, like I watch it and go eh, but it's not I'd rather watch I'd rather watch wrestling so you know what is it that entertains you about it if you're into that stuff I want to know because I'd like to understand why people enjoy it because as a promoter you need to understand why people like everything rather than just going ah, I wouldn't have done that that's not the right way to do anything and it's certainly not how we do Tuesday Night Jaw so uh, at Jim Smallman hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw if you want to let me know um, but anyway the hardest back in the day um it's just a good match. Uh, Eminem were great as well, really, really great. Um, and it, you know, there's nothing spectacular in this match. It's just, it's just enjoyable, and it's a nice match to start off, the start of the show. Um, another great Hardys match uh, at a Royal Rumble is, of course, in Royal Rumble 2000. Tables match Hardys against the Dudleys, uh, fantastic match. But for reasons that will become very, very obvious, and are probably already really obvious, couldn't choose that. Already chose something else from that. Uh, you'll see okay so that was number eight uh number seven uh we're going all the way back to royal rumble 1995 um and i think this is something that this is a match that has taken me a little while to appreciate as much as i i appreciate it now um and it's a wwf at the time world heavyweight championship match so it was Diesel defending the title against Bret Hart. Now, Kevin Nash is someone who I appreciate in terms of his promos and uh, his personality and his involvement with the NWO, which is one of the most important wrestling storylines ever. He's not necessarily a workhorse in the ring. Uh, and never has been. You know, He's always been solid, but never a workhorse. In this match, he is against a workhorse in, in Bret Hart. And it's... It's a fantastic match. Um, and one of very few times where a non-finish still makes me go, oh, oh, well, I still enjoyed that because uh, it ended in a draw after a good 25 minutes or so. Um, referee was knocked out. Uh, interference from uh, from Jeff Jarrett, Shawn Michaels, uh, and Owen Hart and Bob Backlund, and it all, all kicked off and it furthered other storylines whilst making Diesel uh, and Bret Hart look strong. And at the time, I remember thinking, this is all right. Going back and watching it recently, I was like, this is really good. Really, really good. Um, you know, arguably um, one of Kevin Nash's best ever matches. I'm struggling to think of a, a, a better a better match that he was involved in now. Um, it's a fantastic match. So, you know, try and seek that out on the WWE Network if you can, uh, because I think it genuinely think it's a cracker. Uh, so that was 1995. That's my number seven choice. My number six choice, back into the present a little bit, up to 2014. 
Um, and someone I've already mentioned earlier on, in Bray Wyatt, who um, we have got, uh, choose not sure, got a lot of time for. Uh, everyone's favourite Rob Zombie lookalike. Uh, I think Bray Wyatt's great, and uh, this was right at the beginning of of, of his kind of um, mega push, if you like, uh, where he took on Daniel Bryan. Um, this is another opening match from a Royal Rumble pay per view as well. It's, it's, it's fitting in a pattern. Um, it, this for me was was interesting because I didn't expect. Bray Wyatt to be as dominant over Daniel Bryan as he was, but there's there's no such thing as a bad Daniel Bryan match. It, someone's going to correct me now, but for for my money, you know, for if you look at his entire body of work, there's 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 barely any. There's, there's, I don't think there's a single bad Daniel Bryan match. There might be a couple of okay Daniel Bryan matches, but that's probably more down to his opponent than down to him. He's arguably one of the greatest of a generation, and him and Bray Wyatt was genuinely magnificent um, some properly nut stuff in this match as well uh, and quite a lot of Sister Abigail's which is a move that uh, I both enjoy and don't always necessarily understand why it would hurt someone um, but I do enjoy it and I enjoy the pageantry leading up to it you know a wrestler in a country like America a wrestler being allowed to kiss his opponent before he does it something he's, he's really maybe it's because I watched um, the first series of True Detective um, and found huge elements of Bray Wyatt's character in that TV series maybe it's that it's just there's some something really creepy about about him doing it and it it kind of sinister sort of backwards cult leader character that he had going on it's just it, there's something really special about it and that was back when it, it still you know it wasn't brand new but it, it still felt it still felt new and felt fresh at that time. And the clever thing that WWE have done recently is they have kind of just tweaked him and reinvented him a little bit. And I think that's that's genuinely smashing. Um, right. Also, as a point of note, um, I really enjoyed the Royal Rumble uh, that year. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people will go, um, "What you you enjoyed? You enjoyed the Royal Rumble that year? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did." Um, I did enjoy the Royal Rumble. The the Daniel Bryan thing is obviously what overshadowed it, um, and Batista winning it overshadowed it a little bit as well because it, it felt a little bit telegraphed. But there are things to enjoy in that Royal Rumble match. Okay, there is. Um, for example, CM Punk Seth Rollins being in the Royal Rumble for a long time is you know was enjoyable. Um, there were. Uh, you know, Kevin Nash, who we mentioned before, when wandering out was was interesting as well, and there was loads of there was loads of fun stuff in there. Um, but um, yeah, I know people didn't like the finish, and I know people were genuinely gutted that Daniel Bryan wasn't in it. But it ended up working out for the best for Daniel Bryan because WWE made the best out of that situation, and they reacted to it. So you know, at the time, people were pissed, but you know. Up until the end, I was really enjoying that rumble. In retrospect, I can now enjoy that rumble because it led to other stuff. Right. So that was number six, 2014 Royal Rumble, Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan. Uh, number five, coming up next, all the way back to 1993, um, as two tag team partners, former tag team partners, clashed, and um, it was tremendous. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty. Uh, Shawn Michaels at the time, Intercontinental Champion, um, just a great match, properly great match. I can't remember if this is the first, this is when Shawn Michaels started using the super kick because for a long time he used the teardrop suplex, didn't he? Um, but a fantastic match between two guys. There's, there's something really special about former tag team partners, people who are clearly very, very good friends wrestling each other, and brrr, it's a great match. Um, wasn't the opening match. On, uh, on this show uh, just so you're aware um, but big 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 fan of this match and I assure you you know sometimes you can go back and watch stuff from 1993 doesn't necessarily hold up to um, to matches these days <clears throat> I recommend you go and watch this because it, it, you watch it and go oh god that was it was really good wasn't it yes it was trust me 
Really, really good match. 1993 Royal Rumble. Go and watch it on the network while you, uh, you know, maybe you're waiting, uh, waiting for the show to start on Sunday, uh, Sunday night. So, you know, I'd recommend going back and watching that. In fact, watch all these matches. Let me know what you think of them. At Jim Smallman. Uh, hashtag Tuesday Night Job. Royal Rumble 1993. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty. Fantastic. I actually think they had a, I think they had a better match on Raw around that time as well, which might have been when they did the title switch. Um, but this match genuinely great genuinely great okay number four uh, number four we are headed to uh, 2013 um, and there's been quite a lot of really good undercard matches recently on the Royal Rumble uh, it's felt much more like they're as important as the Rumble itself Um so we got on to 2013, um, which is, weirdly, this is the main event over the Royal Rumble. So sometimes this has happened. Not happened all the time, but it does happen from time to time. Um, but the main event was CM Punk against The Rock. Now, I am a huge mark for CM Punk. <clears throat> Always have been. One of my favourite wrestlers. I am straight edge. That's probably one of the reasons why I'm a little bit biased. Um... And The Rock uh, disappeared to Hollywood, came back, did, you know, did this. Um, it's it's a properly good match. And this was the end of CM Punk's 434-day title reign. Um, it, it felt like a historic end. It felt like... It felt like the right way to end Punk's title reign was, you know, he had to lose to someone massive. And he lost to The Rock, who, you know doesn't really get much bigger than The Rock at the time. So, you know, I know The Rock wasn't f necessarily a full-time wrestler, but it felt big. It felt massive. And also, what was amazing watching this match was The Rock was... The Rock's not lost a step. You could... I bet if you put The Rock in a match now, he'd still kick ass and still be brilliant. Genuinely. He's... He's a, a special talent. I don't think you ever... Maybe it's like riding a bike. Maybe once you've wrestled, you never really lose it. But tremendous. And... um yeah, I mean, there's some shenanigans in the match. The Shields involved, Vince McMahon's involved, but still a great match. Okay, number three, 2015. Fast forward to a couple, a couple more years. Um, and this would easily be the top of several people's lists, I reckon. Uh, it, it's hard. For me, the top, the top three that I'm going to tell you, that this one and number two, really difficult to determine which one goes where. Um, in the case of my number one, it's always winning. There's, there's no question about it. So, um, triple threat match from 2015's Royal Rumble between Brock Lesnar, John Cena and Seth Rollins. Just a stupidly good match. There's, there's so, I was watching this in a bar with Progress fans and was blown away by how good it was. So, so good. Um all kinds of, of nut stuff uh, and Brock Lesnar looking like a monster with Seth Rollins busting out moves that you hadn't seen for ages I think he did Phoenix Splash at one point um, and um, uh, Jamie Noble and uh, uh, Joey Mercury wandering in and being involved in it uh, uh, and John Cena looking amazing I, I, you know a lot of people will criticise John Cena um, we brought this up on Tuesday Night Joe before Chelsea's not in many bad matches, as a rule. Um, you know, and him with Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins, he wasn't selfish, will be thrown around by him. Um, and this match, genuinely. Oh, oh boy. Um, if you've not seen it, why haven't you? It was great back at the time. Um, but seriously, go back and watch this. Definitely go back and watch this. In fact, if you don't watch all the top ten matches I'm giving you now, at least watch the top three. Because this, yeah, that's great. Genuinely great. Okay, we get to my top two. Number two, back to 2003. Uh, mentioned him earlier on as one of my wild cards, Kurt Angle. Um, taking on Chris Benoit for the WWE Championship. Um, no Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin at ringside, who were, of course, uh, part of Angle's uh, team Angle at the time. Um, 
it's always difficult when choosing a Chris Benoit thing. Chris Benoit, um, personal life, uh, clearly horrible things that he did. Clearly, uh, you know, a lot of problems, a lot of issues. Um, and I'm not defending the person that Chris Benoit became. However, from a wrestling fan standpoint, Chris Benoit has been involved in some of my favourite matches of all time. And it was whether you like it or not an absolutely unbelievable performer in the ring um you know obviously some of his style in the ring and uh, some of what he did um uh, will have added to the short of his life and what he did um i always do this whenever i talk about benoit i always feel bad talking about benoit because i know you know to to all extents and purposes what he did makes him a monster and it does but as a wrestler was a phenomenal talent and him and kurt angle someone like me and what I like in wrestling was kind of a dream match um, back at the time um, Kangle won this match by submission but just wonderful back and forth contest and, and exactly what you would expect from um, two talents at the time you know in, in 2003 um, like Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit two people absolutely very much at the top of their game so um, massive massive fan of this match um, huge fan of this match um, and I, you know, I genuinely recommend you go and watch it um, because it's just technically, from a technical standpoint, tremendous. Um, my my final choice, my number one, and my top ten, uh, my top ten wrestling matches uh, from the Royal Rumble uh, is one of my favourite. Uh, Arguably my favourite... Is it my favourite WWE match? No. It's my second favourite WWE match of all time. My favourite WWE match of all time is uh, Money in the Bank 2011 uh, CM Punk John Cena. Just in case you were wondering. Um, But... So my number one choice is from 2000, as you may have successfully guessed earlier on, uh, the street fights between Triple H and Cactus Jack. I... It's just so good. Um, I was reminded by Mark Dallas from ICW on Twitter today. This this Royal Rumble was shown on Channel 4 in the UK. So I remember being able to watch it in my bedroom. Because uh, in 2000 I was 22 years old and still at university. I had lived at home. Um, just brilliant. Uh, I know there's a, a couple of little things where they, um, they substitute... Uh, a real barbed wire bat for one which doesn't have real barbed wire on and little things like that but you know having the feel of a of a, a seedy Japanese death match in Madison Square Garden um, the the sort of horror film the sort of slasher film mentality of of Cactus Jack even though he's the baby face in the situation never being beaten never being never being knocked down never you know, never giving up and just keeping coming and going after Triple H all the time, and Triple H having to kill him to get rid of him, just it it, it felt it felt like it really it, it was a, an amazing moment towards the end. I know it was I know Mick Foley still wrestled, but this was towards the end of 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 his full time career, shall we say? So towards the end of his full time career, this was a, a brilliant point. Uh, for Mick Foley to have an amazing match like that especially as before you know leading up to this he was out of shape he got super into shape super ready for this match and looked amazing and it made Triple H it made Triple H wasn't the 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 huge authority figure that he is now at this point Triple H was I want to say in his first role first reign as, as champion so they really 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 did a great job of establishing him Someone who would rest at nothing to to destroy an opponent, and Cactus Jack's exactly the right person to go up against there. Um, you know, wonderful, wonderful match. So many stories told in it. So much good action, and and really still stands up now. You watch that. You go and watch that now. Trust me. Royal Rumble two thousand. Uh, Triple H Cactus Jack. You'll watch it and go, yeah, Jim was right. Tuesday Night Joe was right. It's brilliant. And then I need to choose a Royal Rumble match. Um, I think this is what most of you will choose. I choose the Royal Rumble match from 1992 that Ric Flair won from you know being in pretty much from the beginning. Um, 
I'm I'm not the biggest Ric Flair. I, I love Ric Flair and I appreciate what, what Ric Flair's done for the industry, but I'm I'm slightly too young <coughs> to be a massive. I'm 38, but I'm slightly too young to be a massive, massive Ric Flair fan. Uh, especially because it was harder to see Ric Flair matches in the UK um, at, in his actual in his absolute peak when I was a kid. I caught up on them eventually, and you know I was familiar with his his, his battles with Ricky Steamboat and Terry Funk back in in NWA, um, uh, and his, his matches with Sting in WCW. Um, but for a lot of people, me included, the, this was my first big exposure to Ric Flair was when he came to WWF for that brief brief stint, and. I remember watching this at the time, at age fourteen. Uh, I was thirteen. I wasn't even fourteen yet. It's just uh, just nearly fourteen. I remember seeing this match because we. I used to get my mum to tape uh, to tape the WWF pay per views, um, and then I'd watch them. I'd watch them like the next night when I got home from school, and I remember watching this and being blown away that Ric Flair had won it because I didn't expect Ric Flair to win it. And I appreciate how good he was in it. And since I've become a wrestling fan and the wrestling nerd that I am now, every now and again I'll just go back and watch this and go, oh, this was, what a performance. From, and don't forget, Ric Flair wasn't a young man at this point. Um, I don't know if Ric Flair's ever been a young man, but he certainly wasn't a young man at this point. He must have been early 40s, I want to say. Um, it's it's a, a, a brilliant match. Um, I think it's the best Raw Rumble. I, I certainly... Critically, it's the most critically acclaimed Royal Rumble, I think. Just when people really appreciated it, and and you know, it, it telling the story of Ric Flair and getting Ric Flair immediately over as as a heel champion and, and really proving a point. Um, I, I think the the Rumble that Benoit won was was great. I think the uh, a couple of the Rumbles that Steve Austin won were great. The one that Lesnar won, which I think was in two thousand and three, was was enjoyable for me. Um, the uh, I think it was the one that Edge, either Edge or John Cena, one where Sam Punk spent most of the most of the match on the microphone. That was a good fun one as well. But for me, 1992 Royal Rumble match. So again, if you want to give me your list, your top ten matches, don't forget these are the rules. You can only choose one match per pay per view. You can only choose, uh, and that includes the the Rumble match itself. You can only choose one match per pay per view. And uh, for your non Rumble matches. Uh, you can only choose each wrestler once. Okay, got it. Uh, and tweet, just again, screenshot it, send me a picture uh, at Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw, and uh, pick your dream Rumble roster as well. Um, that's it. Thanks for bearing with me. Thanks for bearing with me with my slight cold and my slightly quiet voice and possibly my baby crying in the background. Um, uh, obviously, we're on the Distraction Pieces Network. Support the Distraction Pieces Network. Support this podcast. Rate and review and subscribe it and recommend it to people and point people at jimsmoman.com slash tnj. I am working on getting some merch that will... Uh, I've not worked out how I'm going to do it yet, but there will be some Tuesday Night Jaw merch soon, which will help, um, basically help me travel around and interview people and get to London to do the round tables and stuff like that. Um, and uh, me, myself, jimsmoman.com. If you want to download my stand-up show that I did last year, uh, it's com slash mygirls there's a clip of it on my website me telling a story about my daughter liking Metallica um, just watch that if you like it share it about maybe download it for $5 I'd be super grateful I appreciate it um, and yeah that's pretty much it uh, tweet me at Jim Smallman next week will be the Royal Rumble round table with myself Scroobius Pip a couple of cool guests uh, chatting about the Royal Rumble whilst very bleary-eyed on a Monday afternoon, and then we'll put it out maybe even early on the Monday afternoon. Uh, but it'll definitely be out uh, by it'll definitely be out by the Tuesday, uh, so you guys can enjoy it. Because where this one has dropped a little bit late, but I'm super busy. I got loads on, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I got a baby. It's really, really different. I've sat in a. To be fair, I've sat waiting for my car to be fixed for most of today, preparing this. Um, but <clears throat> but yeah. Um, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I know a lot of you guys like these lists. I know the most popular things when I put them out are always the roundtables or the interviews with with cool people like William Regal or Jack Gallagher or Johnny Saint. Um, but you know, sometimes I, I, I like to do these lists, and I think in the lead up to Raw and More, we're all excited about it. It's a cool thing to do. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for spending an hour with me, and I will 
see you next week with some lovely guests. Enjoy the Royal Rumble. If you're coming to Progress uh, on Sunday in Camden and you see me, high five me. You know you don't even need to explain it. A lot of people do this at shows. I'm super grateful. So just high five me. I always like to see you. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for supporting this little podcast. Keep spreading the word and I'll see you next week. Cheers. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.